Thanks for downloading this podcast from The Rock of York. We hope it inspires you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at The Rock of York, or search for The Rock of York on Facebook. And of course, there's the website at www.rockofyork.co.uk. But you probably already knew that. Here's something you might not know. Okay, are you ready for this? Oh, good. Um, I've already spoken to Amy. (laughs) Because what I'm going to talk about tonight is a bit of a carry-on from Wednesday. And she found it really hard because she is one of our supreme animal supporters and, you know, can't do with any thought of an animal being hurt. And when we were talking about the old sort of ancient rituals of sacrifice, you can imagine what it does to Amy. She finds it really hard. So I've apologised to her up front and anybody else who feels that way. Um, But please just release me to mention it some more because I think you'll find that there's a reason why and you'll you'll find by the end that... um, it's, it's not as bad as you think, but oof, it's hard. It's amazing how you can think, oh, if I say that, people are going to be unhappy and you don't want to, do you? But um, anyway, um, some of the things that, you know, Anth's already said uh, about Wednesday night. Um, we were talking about the various... Um, called atonement theories and basically it's the Christian uh, idea that the reason why or the explanation why Jesus gave his life on the cross and what that means to us and how we apply it to our lives and whether uh, you understand this or not you might think well does it matter well I actually think it does because if you interpret what Jesus did in a particular way, it will set a trajectory that takes you to a way different place than God intended. So we were talking about the various theories and, um, you know, you really find as you, and we're not going to go over them again tonight at all, um, because, right, um, you find that they take you to a place where you're not very happy about it. And we've already said tonight that a a, a very widely held theory is that basically uh, God and Jesus are divided in their attitude towards mankind and God's angry with sinners, but Jesus loves sinners and therefore he gives his life in order to appease the anger of God. Now, come on, just think about it for a minute. Can you get your head around that? It just isn't right. It's like good cop, bad cop, isn't it? on the movies. No, that's, that's not God. So we know that that isn't right, but we do know that it's actually a very widely held understanding of Christianity. And it actually is probably the reason uh, why a lot of people don't like Christianity because they can't get their head around it. And then of course it, it, it leads this trajectory to, to an emphasis on behaviour Because what you've got is Jesus dying for the behaviour of people. We are so bad. We've done so many horrible things. Even if we just go right back to the story of Adam and Eve, whether you believe it or not, I really don't care. But whether you believe it or not, you go back to that. And you've got to somehow get your head around. They made a mistake. And this is the consequence for everybody. And this is how God's got to fix it. Is that making sense? So we were talking about that. And we recognised that. A lot of people think, well, if that's Christianity, because what does the church then do? When I say the church, I'm talking 
again, about the institution called the church, they immediately are pointing the finger at people for how people behave and they either accept their behaviour or they reject their behaviour. They decide this is no good, so you're rejected. Oh, this is fine, we like this and you're accepted. When actually, what does the Bible say? All have sinned and fallen short. So, does it matter whether it's this sort of I hate the word sin, but I'm going to say sin or this sort of sin. No, we all have fallen short. So after we spoke for a little while on Wednesday night, where Anth brought us to was wonderful. And I'm going to just pick up on this a little bit was the fact that the emphasis that we feel we ought to have as a house and as a Christian church is on the fact that Jesus giving his life and shedding his blood as a sacrifice was more about to reiterate a covenant with us that had already been made thousands of years before, but he was actually in his flesh as a man reiterating it in our time and space so that he could say, look, Get your eyes off this trajectory, which is all very condemnatory, all filled with judgment, and get your eyes on the fact that I am just actually giving my life, shedding my blood in order that I might just reaffirm, uh, reiterate the covenant that I have already made thousands of years before. Now, can you see how that's a much more positive idea than all of this? Well, I'm dying because God's mad and if I die, then he's going to be made happy. Can you see how it's all a bit weird? Okay, let me have a drink and I'll carry on. So, whether we like it or not, we have to talk about this thing called a blood covenant. Now, I was watching the telly just the other week. You can't get away from the fact that in our world, it is still being practiced. It just is. Now, you might say it's barbaric, it's terrible, but it is still being practiced because in people's religion, they still see the need for this sort of uh, sacrifice, something to stand in a place or to be something for them. But the, the whole thing about blood covenants that are a respected institution, we, I was watching, the, like I said, the TV and there was um, people in Croatia, there's a, there's a particular um, feast every year where the families will go to the marketplace and they'll pick out their lamb to, to have it killed, but they'll take it home and eat it in order to celebrate what this lamb means on their behalf. Now, this this is just a particular group in our day and age. But this goes back centuries. It's one of the earliest institutions, right? Now, this is where I want to start. You can see why the church gets the idea that the sacrifice of Jesus and his blood is for the forgiving of sins and to to sort out behavior because if we go back in the story of Genesis you find that there is this um, issue with Adam and Eve and when they'd sinned there's a verse and if I can find it because I've not stuck to my notes at all as usual in Genesis 3.21 it says this uh, after they'd sinned it said um, God makes for them garments of skins to cover their nakedness so 
That is what it says, right? That's what it says. He made garments of skins to cover their naked. Immediately, there's this idea that that's the first animals that are killed and skins are made to make them coats. And therefore, that is a picture. And if you follow that trajectory, you can find scripture after scripture that will reiterate that picture. However, there's another picture which is even more incredible, which is before that, and it's a picture of when uh, God was, and remember, if you want to say, well, it's not true, that's fine, but I'm just telling you the, the picture. Is that all right? There's, there's uh, God made Adam, and he, then he said, you know, this guy's on his own. It's not good for him to be by himself. And we could say, well, how did he know anything about that? Well, we could say, when God was in his heaven or what have you, he wasn't by himself because he was part of a huge thing going on in there where everybody was saying to themselves, this is a great idea that God's got. He's going to create something incredible and they were all very much excited about it and he was in in a a fellowship, an agreement, in a wonderful covenant agreement, which we'll get to in a minute, with, with Father, God the Father, God the Son and God the Spirit Don't ask me to explain that tonight because we haven't got time. But the point is this, it wasn't on his own. Right? So he decided, I'll tell you what, Adam, uh, I I want him to have a great, great life. He's not going to have a great life by himself. So it says this, and we'll come to it in a minute. He puts him to sleep and he takes a rib out of his side. Now, you're not going to tell me that you can take a rib out of somebody's side without there being some bloodshed I know God's God but I think you know even for him as a great surgeon there's going to be something going on but it says they took the rib out and out of it he made Eve in order that that they would have this incredible um let's call it a covenant relationship think about it what were they going to do together they were going to fill the earth they were going to actually create I suppose people people. So anyway, we've got this wonderful picture. Now, if we start there as the starting point for the picture of what God is doing with people, it's a total different trajectory, isn't it? Because instead of it being uh, the killing of an animal to fix a problem and make coats of skin to cover nakedness, we've actually got something be made to create relationship and to make something. Now, don't you immediately see how there's a much more positive picture of the gospel of Jesus than sometimes the ones that have been spewed out? Yeah. Okay. So, we rather should see then Jesus' death like I said at the beginning, as the reiteration of this covenant that was made. And we also have a lovely picture, and we've mentioned this before, and Anth mentioned it Wednesday, about the covenant that God made with Abraham, which in, in many ways, it's almost it's a, like a, a bit of a copy. Isn't it funny that God put Abraham to sleep in order to make something? He was making this covenant with, with Abraham. Now, um, and like I said, it's the picture of what Jesus was doing on the cross is the almost like you've got it happening with 
Adam asleep, something coming out of their creating a wonderful covenant friend for Eve. Then you've got the situation with Abraham when he makes this covenant with him that something incredible was going to happen. And I'm trying to just keep it simple. I'm not going to go into all the details. But basically, people after that could buy into that covenant because if Abraham went and said, you know what, God's made a covenant with me. But you know what, it can be with you too if, if you want it. Because in that covenant, to keep it very, very simple, you find out that basically God becomes uh, Abraham's friend. Now you might say, oh, that's just so simple. Well, you know, covenants, animals dying, but it was actually in order to become his friend. Now, let me tell you why I know this, because a covenant is a binding agreement and blood covenants were amongst, like I said, the first and old, oldest traditions. And let, let me tell you what happened. Two participants in the cutting of a covenant are, call, are called covenant heads. The covenant remains in effect until both covenant heads die. If one covenant head dies, the other will extend the benefits and the blessings of the covenant to the family of the deceased covenant head. In essence, a blood covenant not only joins the two covenant heads together, but also joins the families as well. These facts should be kept firmly in mind as we explore the reality of our redemption in the new covenant in Christ's blood. Did you hear that? And I read it because it's so good. So I just want to burst into song now, you know, Jesus is the friend of mine. Jesus is the friend. Because the conclusion of this ceremony, the two covenant heads are called friends. Now, I think that's why I've mentioned Facebook. Some people, oh, I've got a thousand friends on Facebook. No, you don't. Because not one of them is going to live out a covenant like this with you. But the covenant that God intended for Adam to have with, with Eve, that he made with Abraham, and that what then Jesus pictures does with us as he gives his blood covenant to us is in order that we might have this binding agreement that says, I am going to stick by you. I am going to give you everything that you need. There's nothing that will ever separate me from you because we are absolutely in agreement about this. See, the word friend is a covenant term that's completely lost its meaning in today's English language. So, the original meaning of friend carried with it the union of a blood covenant. It means very little in our culture. Greater love, listen to this, has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now tell me, who's got a friend like that? We haven't, have we? And it's really very, very sad because when we consider the whole idea of blood covenant, this is what it's meant to achieve. That's saying, do you know what? I'll, I'll put it really in very simple terms. If I'm in blood covenant, pick James again, with you, you get yourself into a right mess and you owe 10,000 quid to the bank. Guess who else owes 10,000 10, quid to the bank? 
Now you see, it sounds weird. But if I'm in covenant uh, with him, that means that his 10,000 quid that he owes is my 10,000 quid that I owe. And it means that I am obliged to be in so much um, connection with him, almost as one, that I own the debt as much as him. Now that's big stuff. That is big stuff. And that's why if you consider in the terms of now what we're talking about, the gospel being more of a focus on this covenant that Jesus has made by shedding of his blood as a covenant making thing, that he's saying, I am that connected to you now. Your pain is my pain. Your happiness is my happiness. Your money is my money. But guess what God's saying? His money is your money. His joy is your joy. Am I making it? But we don't get it because we don't live it. We don't understand it. We have friends that we invite around for dinner. But if they, but if they were really in debt, what would I do? Ooh, it's hard, isn't it? But, that, but that's real friendship. That's the God-type covenant friendship. So what was wonderful about this was when the, um, the disciples heard, of course, Jesus um, saying that, you know, greater love is no man than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. See, they're excited about this, these words because they understand the fact of blood covenants and what it means to actually create that covenant. So when Jesus is talking about him laying down his life, it, the, the, the hearing, he wants to be in that sort of relationship with us. And I just, I just find it mind-blowing. I'm thinking, do you know what? This puts a total different emphasis on it all. So covenant is about friendship. In a world where few can be trusted and where friendships only endure as long as there is perceived personal benefit. Isn't that true? I, I have been so sad at relationships that I thought were friendships that were over 40 years, but then suddenly they were over. And you think, well, I thought we had something that was I'm going to use the word everlasting, but I know that's a bit, a bit, you know, too much of a word for us finite people. But I thought it would be forever. I thought it would be until at least the funeral, my funeral. But when it ends, you think, well, there, there wasn't a covenant there, was there? But, I mean, we were singing a bit ago about the fact that, you know, you, you can't, there's no, you can't get far enough away without me finding you because even if within the covenant that's been made if one chooses to move away the other one is going to say I ain't I'm not budging an inch because we're in covenant and they might say go on get lost I don't want anything to do with you anymore the point is in covenant the one the person will keep saying no I ain't going anywhere this is this is everlasting this is going on forever See, I think in this day and age, people are looking for that level of covenant relationship. And the sad thing is we ain't going to get it with each other most of the time. We can try, and I think we should try. I don't think, this is my honest, absolute opinion, there should be no deal breakers. 
no deal breakers. In this place, with me, hopefully you to me, there should be no deal breaker. Whatever you do to me, there should be no deal breaker. It might absolutely kill me. It might make me distraught and unhappy, but there should be no deal breaker. It should be a covenant that says we are friends. So, if we go back a long way, and the reason why there was all this horrible bloodshed, it was because people wanted lasting covenants. And they believed that by the shedding of blood of an animal, they might just, they might just tap into that. And so when you have this wonderful picture of Jesus saying, nobody takes my life from me, but I lay it down freely. And I, he's going to shed his blood as a picture of the reiteration of the covenant that had already been made. But listen, with Abraham, back then, it was made just with Abraham. And like I said, there was this oh, really chauvinistic thing going on because it could only be guys that could buy into it, if you, if you think about it. And then, you know, forgive me if you don't like this, but in order to prove they'd bought into this covenant with Abraham, they had to have a little bit of an operation in their private bits to prove that they'd, they'd done that. But think about it. When Jesus reiterates this covenant, who is it for? Everybody! Because you've got the whole, um, the, the, Paul says, there in, in Christ there is neither Jew or Gentile. That means every nationality, every culture, whatever is included. <laughs> Woo. Yeah? And then guess what? There's no male or female. Woo. Now, I know some women want to be, you know, they want to be kept separate so they can have their own thing. But you know, the best thing is to say, no, let's just all be this new thing in Christ, which actually means that there's no, um, what do you call it when you, you're kept out? and There's no exclusion or discrimination. And then he goes on to say that there's no slave or even free man in the context he's saying, you know, don't you lot think that just because you've got loads of money that you're all right and because a slave is, you know, uh, has nothing that, you know, it's everybody is, is included in all of this. And so you find that there's the greatest emancipation for women, for, for slaves. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? I've said women already. I'll say it again. For women! Come on, for women! <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Because remember this day and age that we're talking about, well, where these blood covenants were going on, they didn't recognize anybody. It was horrible. And so with the reiteration of this covenant, which, think about it, when God was making the covenant with Abraham, was he talking about, okay, I'm going to have this little thing with you and we're going to kill this animal etc etc in order that you might understand that when you make a mistake you are forgiven it doesn't say anything of the sort he actually it's actually saying look I am making this covenant with you so you know I'm your friend I think that's amazing 
Do you think the world needs to know that God is their friend? Yes. Rather than, well, he'll be your friend if. He'll be your friend if you stop doing that. He'll be your friend if you shape up your life. He'll be your friend if you're this. No. He said, look, he says, we'll, we'll, we'll sort out as we walk along. We'll walk and talk. And, you know, there's stuff that's going on that might be hurting you. And if I can help you sort it, we'll sort it. But even if we can't, look, we're going to walk. I'm here. I ain't going anywhere. I am not leaving your side. And everything that I have is yours. Now, friendship then seems a far higher honour in those days of covenants than it seems to be about sons because we would say you know we talk about when you come into the family of God now are we the sons of God and yes it it talks about us becoming sons but think about it if if it's all about the covenant which says you're my friend and that covenant is so binding that we there is no separation because of it that actually puts friendship even above being your son So think about it in here. You can actually have a better relationship with somebody who is not your blood kin because you choose to be in covenant with some. I just think that's, that's wonderful. Right, let me just say a couple more things. This is reiterated again in the parable of um, the guy who, you'll remember it. Sorry, I like to call him guys, yeah. The guy who's, you know, he's at home, he's in his house. And suddenly there's a knock on the door. Oh, and it's his long lost, huge family who've arrived in the RV. And uh, basically he says, oh, do you know, we're absolutely shattered. We've starved out of our heads. We've been on the road for days and we're really hot and, you know, we need, we need some rest and some food. And of course he thinks to himself, oh, no, I've got no in. You know what it's like. Have you been there? You haven't, Joel. You haven't been there. Oh, I have. And so basically, the fella thinks, yeah, but what am I going to do? Heck, what am I going to do? So the story goes that he goes to his friend's house. Go go and read it. He goes to his friend's house. And he bangs on the door. Now, this is late at night. And the guy's saying, shouting from his room, get lost. Yes, it was get lost. It wasn't anything naughty. Get lost. Do you not know I am wrapped up in bed? My kids are asleep. I ain't getting up for anything. It's cold, you know. I'm, I... and, it, and, and the guy keeps banging. He says, nah. He says, come on. Come on. I've got, to, I've got to provide for these people. Come on, I need some bread. I want some Kentucky, whatever. Yeah. Can we have that? No, it's chicken. Carved chicken. Veg, veggie, veggie, veggie. <laughs> All right. But anyway, so this is the story. And the, the first guy keeps on banging on the door. Why? Because it's his. Who? Can you see how we've got a far more important understanding of friendship here? Because the guy then says, but because we are friends, I will get up and help you. Because he actually calls upon the covenant that's between them. So that's why it says friends. And sometimes when we read these stories, we, we pass over very quickly, very important words. So when he says, because we are friends, I'm going to actually have to get up and do something. Because the, that's the covenant that exists. Does that make sense? 
So of course, let's bring it back to the, this whole idea of what we believe is the trajectory or the overarching story of the, of the Bible. It's God, Uzlot, and he's saying, all I want to make sure is they know that I ain't budging an inch. I love them. My covenant is sure. They are my friends. Do you not think that's a great gospel? Lovely gospel. So, a couple more things. Covenant makes one out of two. And John 17 says this, Jesus said this, that they all may be one as you, Father, are with me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. Now listen why. Listen why. That the world may believe that you sent me. How does the world know that God sent Jesus? Come on, says it there. Because they see a oneness of the Father and the Son. Now, in the penal substitutionary atonement thing that we were talking about, were the Father and the Son one? No, because Father's angry, Son's all loving and compassionate, were they one? No, they had a split personality suddenly going on. Uh, how do you work that one out? No, it says that the world may believe. So our gospel is saying, do you know what? God and Jesus, they're one. They're in covenant with each other. They are friends and they're friends with you. And on that basis, what can go wrong? So look at this. They act as one. We should act as one. Each live their life for the other's sake. Oh, isn't that nice? I like that. If I bleed, you bleed. If God bleeds, Jesus bleeds. Have you got it? Have you, can you see it? Because you, you, you can't have this idea that Jesus is dying on the cross and now it's happening to God. Come on, think about it for a minute. You know, it's like, oh no, just Jesus was dying because of, you know, it was man, half man and all this. But something must have been happening to God or they can't be one. So I would like to think that I get to a place where my whole being is so in touch with yours. Do you get me? That when, when you're hurting, I'm hurting because there's a, this... Oh, I hope you're getting me anyway. Okay, listen to this. I love this. The death of one member destroyed the meaning of life for the other. Oh, isn't that fantastic? That's what a a blood covenant does, you see. And so a covenant with a totally committed friend meant you were invincible. Huh? I think that that's why God is like he is. Because regardless of how we see ourselves, he sees himself at one with you. It's already a done deal in his head. Why? Because he made the covenant. And like Anne said many times, what you didn't make, you can't break. I haven't made a covenant with, with God. He's made it with me. He's made it with you, it's an everlasting covenant that's never, ever going to 
to end. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. That song was saying, you know, voices it whispering in your ear, ears, things that God would never say. Come on, how many of you have laid in bed on a night and you get the whispers? Caw! Don't it drive you nuts? Some nights I've had to just keep saying words like, oh, God help, God help me, God help me, God help me. Because you get, come on. Is everything going to be all right? What's going to happen, this, that, and the other? Anyway, let me just move on with this. and we'll, we'll finish up. The covenant with Abraham, like I said, he had a, a, a sign in his flesh that showed that he'd bought in to the belief that God was his friend. Can I just make it simple like that? In the New Testament, with the reiteration of the covenant that Jesus made with the world, it had already been made with Abraham. It says now that we are, let's use the word, can we? Because it makes it easier. Rather than circumcised in, the, in, in the, that private part, our, our hearts are circumcised. Now you think, okay, how, how, how do you parallel that? And what came to me was that if you think about it, isn't one's heart very much a part of how we produce things? Think about it. Just how we produce. I mean, I've written a few things here, you know. Uh, a heart wasn't in it, so it didn't happen. Just a little thought like that. So it shows you where your heart is in, in these situations. So, oh, let's put it the other way. A heart was set on it, so she had to have it. <laughs> See where the heart is. And then there's this other part. Well, I just knew in my heart something was wrong. Now, we know we're not talking about this pump thing. That's a it's not, we're not talking about, we're talking about something that is a very essential part of our, it, it, it's our knower, isn't it? Would you call it your knower? Your knower. It's your knower. So you see, when the Bible talks about there being a mark on our knower, not N-O-A-H, you know what I mean, K-N-O-W-E-R, you know, knower. What I really believe is, is happening is that we're actually saying, this heart of mine is never going to allow those whispers to tell me that I am not a friend of God because the covenant was made. It's an everlasting covenant. He's not going to go back on his word. And neither am I going to convince myself. Because think of what we do. We start convincing ourselves that what God has said isn't true. We think all of those things. So the circumcision of our heart is a mark in our knower that we say, I will not allow anything to change my mind against my understanding and my faith in the finished work of Christ. And that work is the reiteration of his covenant with us. Now we have to say it, whether we like it or not, it was a covenant made with blood. Whether we like it or not, it was made with blood. Now, we think about this. A couple get married in, in Greece. What do they do to sort of do the covenant, to show the covenant? They smash a plate. Okay, so I'll tell you what. 
instead of if you don't like talking about bloodshed, let's talk about smashing plates because it's sort of a similar thing and I'm not trying to be funny. Think about it. Once blood was shed, you couldn't put the blood back. Once the plate's broken, you can't put it back together. It's like the, 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 the glasses that you throw into the fireplace. Well, I don't know. Some country do that. Where's that? Ooh, is that Russia? We ought to do that sometime. Um, what I'm really trying to get at is that if you can just find a way of saying, okay, the reason why blood is important is to show you that it, is, it, it, it can't be put back. You, you can't put the life back once it's gone. That's how crucial this is. In the same way, you can't put the pieces back of the plate together. Once that plate is smashed, that plate is smashed. Does that help you a little bit? Because I know in this day and age, people don't like talking about blood and this, that and the other. But all I can say that it is this, this incredibly important uh, lasting covenant that's been made so that you can be his friend. Okay, I'm finished. Who wants to, very, very simply, see, years ago we would say, who wants to invite Jesus into your heart or whatever? See, that's weird, isn't it, in itself? Uh, where? <laughs> you know. Who wants to stand and say, I accept the covenant that was reiterated with Jesus and his shed blood? Who wants to say, I accept it? There you go. Easy as that. Are you his friend? Yes. Jesus is a friend of mine. Do, 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 do. We'll have to do it now. We'll just have to do it. Anyway, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you that you were one. Thank you that we are one with you. And that covenant stands. All that you have is ours. And I just, I just pray, God, that you'll just help us to tap into that more and more as we understand the great, incredible relationship that is ours because we're one in you because of the covenant that's been made. Amen. Thanks for listening. You might not be aware that The Rock is funded completely through donations from people like yourself. So if you feel like you're part of our community, it would be great if you could make a contribution by visiting our website at www.rockofyork.co.uk and just click on the donate button for more information. Thanks again. Thanks again.